What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas. Oh, man. We are two days removed from the preseason, and I don't want to say that I'm in preseason mode because I feel like we've been in midseason form for a while now. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to go back to preseason mode here on the show. Mm -hmm. I want to be ready to go for the season. I think that we are back now. Uh, now, sorry for those of you watching on the replay. Uh, you can re you, you can fast forward. I hope that you did at least. But we are back. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for bearing with me. I appreciate you. There are there are over seventy of you tuning into the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time to. To go through that chaos with me. Let's get it started. Let's not lose any more time. Zach Martin is back with the Cowboys. How did they make it happen? I think it was no surprise that they were going to get this deal done. I think that we kind of expected it since the moment of, you know, when, when the news broke about Zach Martin holding out from training camp. I think we all understood where both sides were going to stand. Zach Martin is an old pro guard. You don't want to piss off a player of that magnitude that is pretty much just waiting to get into the Hall of Fame because that's all that Zach Martin needs to do. Just wait, retire, have five years go by, maybe a little bit more since he's an offensive guard and you never know how the voters are going to look at him. But Zach Martin is a surefire Hall of Famer in the future. And there is no reason why if you are in a Super Bowl contending season to piss him off and to risk not having him around for the regular season. Now, having said that, I think that Zach Martin is a kind of guy that makes you, and he was trying to ahead of Trayvon Diggs, ahead of Dak Prescott, ahead of C.D. Lamp. And honestly, I mean, the, CD, the Trayvon Diggs deal got done, obviously, but still, Zach Martin was trying to jump in line because it's so crazy to look at his contract. And I was looking at his contract earlier today when the news broke about the reworked deal. He had not had guaranteed salary since 2020. How crazy is that? Like 2020 was the final year on his deal that had guaranteed money, like fully guaranteed money. And even that portion of guaranteed salary was unlocked in 2019, one year before. So you look back on his contract, and I know that fans will usually go, man, he needs to honor the contract. He needs to show up for camp because a deal is a deal. But not in the NFL, when, where a NFL team can really just cut you whenever they will, or trade you or whatever. The fact that Zach Martin had no guaranteed money in the last couple of years, you just how unfair of a situation it was for somebody with as many old pro seasons as Zach Martin. Now, he was set to earn $13.5 and then over $14 million in 2024. They're going to bump that up, $8 million. The new deal for Zach Martin. Instead of earning, you know, those... What is it? 14, 13, those about 27, 28 million dollars. 
Zach Martin is going to be making $36 million over the next couple of years. That is 18 per year. So there's a compromise there. We'll get to it. $18 million per year in 2023 and in 2024. And then all of that money is fully guaranteed. So basically, Zach Martin is getting job security that he's not going to be cut next year or something like that. And I know that you might think, hey, it's Zach Martin. Of course, they're not going to cut him anyways. But now Zach knows that. And even if he has a nagging injury to worry about, he knows the Cowboys will be patient with him. So that part of it really matters to the player. The fact that it is fully guaranteed money. He won't become the top paid guy at the position. That is where the compromise comes from between the Cowboys and Zach Martin. And that goes to show you and to kill those narratives that were never really narratives uh, beyond fans complaining, maybe. But that goes to show you how committed Zach Martin is to this whole thing. He could have easily put a foot down and say, nope, give me those two extra million bucks per year and make me the highest paid player at my position. He could have easily done that and, you know, get his feet in the ground and hold on until the regular season. And he would probably gotten that. That's how I look at things, at least. He didn't, though, settle for number three. So he will be making less money than Quentin Nelson, at least on a per-year basis. And Lindstrom from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. That's where you are at right now with the Cowboys and Zach Martin. And I will say one more thing, though. This way, the Cowboys now know that when they go up against the New York Giants and Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, that they're going to have Zach Martin. And when your quarterback is Dak Prescott and you know how much Dak means to your franchise, that's exactly what you want to have. Zach Martin up front protecting him and opening up gaps for Tony Pollard and much more. That being said, is Zach Martin going to miss a step with the missed time? I will say no, because he did train a lot with Duke Manyweather, and we know the work of Big Duke speaks for itself. So I'm expecting Zach Martin to be fully ready to go for the regular season. He won't play in the preseason, obviously. Uh, the Cowboys are not going to do that. McCarthy talked about it today. He mentioned his philosophy was due to experience and he liked it better to, you know, have the young players play in the preseason other than anything else. However, well, that's the story with Zach Martin and, and, and that the Cowboys. He is back and he is back at full health too. So no worries there. All right. I think that the internet has... I think that the Wi-Fi has uh, become a little bit more stable. Sorry about that whole thing. I got a little bit nervous just kind of looking back at the screen, seeing if I, I was still with you guys. Sorry about all that. Qatar says, uh, is Mo a Saints fan? No, sir. Not a Steelers fan either, like they're saying in the chat. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend is a fan of the Steelers, though, so he will give me some some bullying in here in the chat sometimes. So yeah, Zach Martin is back. Katharina says, Zach Martin deserves every dollar that he gets. He is wealth worth every bit of it. Uh, 
Travis says, Zach will be back with fire and our trenches will be the strength of our team. Who else here with the Zach Martin thoughts? Thank you to Gilbert for the Facebook report. I appreciate you, sir. Good news that I think that we are fully back in terms of Wi-Fi. Tommy915 says, the Wi-Fi monster got you, Mo. It did. It did for the beginning of the show. I'm glad that we are back, though. Brad says, great news with Martin. Yes, sir. That is one concern. That is one fewer concern, man. That is one fewer concern, and you gotta love it. Anyways, moving on a little bit here on the show, I wanted to talk about Jake Ferguson and his warning to players out there about one particular rookie. But before we actually get into the the rookie comment. Let's talk about Jake Ferguson really quickly because I was watching the preseason game. I have not watched the old 22 tape yet, so I watched the TV broadcast back. And that game from Jake Ferguson was once again pretty impressive. Let me know in the chat. Do you think, yes or no, that the Cowboys will regret drafting Luke's Schoonmaker? That is the first question of the show. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. Here's why I pose this question to you. I don't think there's any doubt at all as of today that Jake Ferguson is tight end one. There is no questioning that entering the regular season. There was back in April, back in May, when the Cowboys had just drafted Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, but you know, he missed time with an injury. He missed phase three of the offseason, so didn't work out in minicamp, didn't get much work done in OTAs, missed the first couple of weeks of training camp before the Cowboys got into preseason mode, had one practice before the preseason game, and you know, he was out there. He had some moments uh, on the Deuce Vaughn 26-yard carry. Luke Schoonmaker had a key block. He had one catch. So I don't want to say that he's doing nothing or anything like that. But just in the meantime, Ferguson is really leaving no doubt. He, had, he has been having a very strong training camp. And he showed up in that preseason game big time. Three catches for 38 yards. One catch, the first one was, you know, quick gain, nothing to it. First down, gain three yards. Nothing to talk about, maybe. Second catch, though, Jake Ferguson is out there, flexed out, so unattached to the line of scrimmage, runs a slant inside, boom, stabs the football, fights through contact, and does enough to move the change on third and seven. That is the second catch of the day for Jake Ferguson. The third one is the special one, and he's lined up three-by-one formation. He's the closest to the line of scrimmage on the three-player side, runs a seam route, outruns the linebacker by a long shot. Now, even though the Jaguars did play with the starters, and I'm just being totally fair here, the linebacker that was in coverage against Jake Ferguson in that big play was Shaquille Quarterman. He is a special teamer for the Jaguars, so depth, linebacker depth, not a starter, just mentioning that putting it on the table right now. Jake Ferguson, however, goes up in the air, 
twists in the air to make the back shoulder grab with his arms fully extended, stabbing the football and coming down with the ball. That, to me, is the exact kind of play that the Cowboys want of a tight end one. Not only that, but I look at it and I ask myself, can Ferguson be a different type of tight end that, what, than what the Cowboys have had in the past? And, you know, people like comparing him to Travis Kelsey because he's had some Travis Kelsey-esque moments during his rookie season, and maybe that particular catch on, on Saturday night was also Kelsey-esque. I'm not sure about all of that, but I do wonder, can he be more of a receiving threat at the highest level of his play? Like, where does his upside take you than what the Cowboys had with Dalton Schultz or other possession receivers at the tight end? Because I feel like Ferguson is bringing some yards after the catch that we are not used to at the tight end position, honestly. That's how I look at Jake Ferguson. That's why I think he's been so special. People like to knock on his blocking abilities, but he shows willingness. And we know that coaches and scouts, sometimes that's all that they're looking for. Like, is he willing to block or does he shy away from it? Jake Ferguson is not shying away from blocking. There was one Malik Davis to the right, uh, carry to the right side that we saw Ferguson just on Saturday night go at it right right away. So I, I really like what Ferguson has shown. And as far as the question, do the Cowboys, will the Cowboys regret to draft Luke Schoonmaker? Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. No regret, says Lance Vell. Qatar goes with no. Mark Aaron says no, they won't regret it. Way too early to know for Mark Aaron. P. Fica says, if Luke doesn't have nagging injuries, I have a feeling that he will pay off very well. So people are not, are not regretting or, or don't think the Cowboys will regret drafting uh, Luke's Kudmaker. Dizos is 30 of 33, no drops from last season and preseason this year. I had a feeling that it would be Jake Ferguson, says Bruce. Chip says, uh, your audio is bad. I think that it's back now. It was bad at the beginning of the show. Thank you. But I think that we are back. Uh, Wi-Fi issues got a hold of the show at the beginning of it. So people are saying no. Pretty much people are going with no. They won't regret it. And I'm not going to lie. I agree with you. I don't think that they will regret it. But I don't see Schoonmaker beating out Ferguson anytime soon at this point. And I was big on the fact that he could do it, depending on how the offseason went and how training camp went. But we've seen zero signs of Ferguson slowing down. And simultaneously, we have seen zero signs of Schoonmaker putting up a fight for the role. Now, that's mostly because of the injury. So can he change it up? Or, or can he shake things up before the start of the regular season? I think there's no time to do that. I think if it does happen, it has to be over the long term. And he might be able to do it. Like on paper, we know one thing. On paper, Schoonmaker is the superior athlete. If you look at the testing, if you look at the relative athletic score, if you look at all of that, 
Schoonmaker is supposed to be the superior athlete. But so far, the superior uh, tight end has been Jake Ferguson by a wide margin. We'll see if that changes uh, in the future. But that's Jake Ferguson being tight end number one. Let me read one or two comments here really quickly before we get into Jake's warning, the warning that he made to teammates regarding one rising rookie. Here we go. Uh, Qatar says, what about my question, Mo? What are your thoughts on keeping Panjay Thomas at safety, cutting Terps, and letting Deuce punt and kick return? Well, let me say this. I'm not sure about Panjay Thomas. Like, uh, not in the sense that I don't think that he has a shot at the roster. He has shown that he can. Last night, I talked about how, to me, Juan J. Thomas is gunning for the Marquise Bell spot, not the Izimu Kwamu spot. We talked about it last night. Juan J. Thomas could very well beat out Marquise Bell, but also Marquise Bell had a pretty busy night uh, on Saturday, so I cannot rule him out either. I think that's an undefined battle so far. If we're talking about Turpin versus Deuce Vaughn, wrote about it today or Sunday, actually, Sunday morning. I wrote about it. I do think it is a battle. I do think there is a battle between Deuce Vaughn and Cavante Turpin. Not exactly for a roster spot, but for the punt and kick return job. Cavante Turpin was my biggest loser out of Saturday night, even though he had one catch. By the way, correction, I listened back to the show last night, and I said that he had a touchdown catch. I wanted to correct myself and say he had one catch, didn't have the touchdown, had one catch. Just uh, It was a big play, 15 yards, if I remember correctly, but he didn't score a touchdown last night. Wanted to correct that because uh, I was listening back to it, and I was like, nope, I messed that one up. <laughs> so there you go. That being said, I think that Turpin is in risk. I, I do think he's in danger. I don't think that he can go out there and fumble on special teams while doing little to move the needle on what we think about him as a receiver. And to me, that is, I don't know if he can be a receiver. I don't know if he is a legit NFL wide receiver. So if the Cowboys figure out, hey, man, Vaughn can be... 80% of what Cavante Turpin can be as a returner, I might save that roster spot and I might carry somebody else elsewhere on the roster that I need that 53rd spot or I might go with another wide receiver who I actually think can play offense. I think that's more or less like the benchmark, right? Can Deuce be 80% of what Cavante Turpin can be? Especially in punt returns. That's what I would be the most worried about. Kick returns with the new rule, I'm not putting too much weight into that. We looked at the numbers when the NFL announced its rule change. We looked at the numbers, and honestly, I wouldn't put all that much stock in, in kick returns. I would be worried about punt returns. That's what I would like to figure out. Can Deuce Vaughn punt return? And we'll find out. We will find out in the future for now. Uh, we do know that Cavante Turpin, in my opinion, is in danger of, 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 you know, losing his roster spot. 
because I don't know that we've seen him become an, an NFL wide receiver so far. And it's not just the one preseason game. I know Gregory says all this on just one preseason game, Turpin deserves more respect. As a returner, I'll grant you that, Gregory. As a receiver, what are we pointing towards to say that it's not a question? I cannot think of a single thing. I cannot, other than one or two training camp clips. I think Jalen Brooks has been much more of a winner at wideout, and Jalen Tolbert, too. I don't know. The, the one thing that we know about Turpin is that he's getting a lot of looks. He's getting a lot of looks in training camp at wideout. That is the biggest thing that he has going for him. Like, I think it's fair to question him 100%. I know that it's just one preseason game. I know it is. But, but I think that they need to see it. I think that they need to see it like the Cowboys do. And maybe that's why they're giving him the looks. We'll find out, though. Uh, I do agree with Jeremy that it does seem like the Cowboys believe in him, in Kevante Turpin. So maybe they do give him the shot. Like if I put together a 53-man roster, I'm guessing that Turpin would be in it. As That's how I feel today. I would need to put it together. I was trying to this morning, but then some stuff came up at work and I was not able to finish it out on ADC Sports. Oh, well, actually, what came up was... Zach Martin getting his new deal. So maybe tomorrow we can look at that 53-man roster. But anyways, Jake Ferguson and his warning to Cowboys teammates at tight end. And it was more of an inadvertent warning than it was intentional. He was asked about the man, the myth, the UDFA. We are all talking about John Stephens Jr. And this is Ferguson's quote on it. He said, John Stevens, who, by the way, led the Cowboys with 56 receiving yards on Saturday night, five catches in seven targets. Jake Ferguson said, John Stevens is a baller. He is making plays in practice, making plays in camp, and he made plays tonight. He's not even touching the surface right now. He is a great player, and I am excited to see what he kind of molds into and what he does for this team. And then later he added, he's one of those players that can help us down the road. Big praise, if you ask me, for number 49, the Cowboys wide receiver turned tight end that has everyone buzzing out in training camp that showed us a little bit of why on Saturday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe didn't do it early in the game, which is going to be a knock on him. But Stephens looking like a weapon that the Cowboys might want to carry on the 53-man roster. Now, UDFAs have a history of not making 53-man rosters. Like, if you are a UDFA, if you were not drafted, consider yourself a long, long shot to make the team. And yet, and yet, if there is one team that will give them chances, it is the Dallas Cowboys. Fourth most UDFAs since, 26, since 2014, 16 since that year, and three of them 
happened last year. Dennis Houston, Peyton Hendershot, and Marquise Bell. So even though they are UDFAs, keep in mind, this is a front office that will consider them and a coaching staff that will consider them too. It seems like Stephens, though, is gunning for Peyton Hendershot's job. And I say that for several reasons. First, I think that it was on Thursday or Wednesday night when we dove into the battles that the Cowboys had going on at tight end. And we broke it down into two. The way I looked at it last week was you've got Sean McKeon, who is more of a blocker, right? Maybe fighting Hunter Lipke a little bit, even though they're not in the same position, but they are both filling that H-back type role where you've got a hybrid player that both blocks and catches footballs. Or, and, excuse me, Hendershot was fighting John Stephens because they're both more of pass catchers. They're both being flexed out of the line of scrimmage. We saw that John Stephens, and this is per Patrick Walker, no C. We, we know that John Stephens was getting some looks on the outside. So it gets pretty interesting because now you're looking at it and you're going, man, Stephens has made it clear that he can play and the coaching staff might like him a lot from what we've heard. Is Stephens in a situation where he needs to beat Hendershot to make the roster? Or could he be the fourth tight end on the team? And that would give you Ferguson, Schoonmaker, Hendershot, and Stephens. And I'm not dismissing the fact that, hey, they could carry three or they could carry four and only have one of the two, Hendershot or Stephens. But could they get into a situation, could they make this work where they keep the four of them and then you keep Hunter Lipke at running back and you feel comfortable moving on from Sean McKeon? Now, there's all sorts of roster gymnastics that you could pull off with this thing, as some of you are already noting in the chat. You could get practice squad stuff. You could get stash on injured reserve movements, all of that. Usually teams are way more patient than fans are. But if we are right now talking about, you know, getting the best combination of players and we're not playing the roster gymnastics game as they probably will, I would consider that possibility. Like, can I carry four running backs and four tight ends? It's maybe too much, but maybe I could consider it and I could make it work. I would need to go short somewhere else and I say four running backs because if I'm moving on from Sean McKeon, I'm probably keeping Hunter Lipke because I want a type that type of player. I want that a guy that I, that I can line up at fullback. I want that guy that I can line up as an H-back. That guy that I can be creative with as a blocker and as a pass catcher. So I could see that. And, you know, the thing about Lipke right now is that the Cowboys apparently look at him as much more than just that type of a player. They look at him as a power back as well. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss that possibility at all. It feels like tight end. It's funny because we, we arrived at training camp and we arrived at the preseason expecting tight end to have the most fun battle 
of camp. But we were thinking about Schoonmaker and Ferguson. We were not thinking about John Stephens battling it out with Peyton Hendershot and Sean McKeon just holding on to that roster spot. And yet it's what it's become, and it's so fun, and I love it. <laughs> but it's funny that we knew that this was going to be a very entertaining position. We just didn't know how, or we missed on how. But that's where we are at right now. Jake Ferguson, starting tight end, solidified into that spot. And watch out for John Stephens, who could give Peyton Hendershot a taste of his own medicine and be the UDFA that leaves a veteran out of a job. We'll see. Jeremy says, let's see what you guys have to say, though, here in the chat. Jeremy says, facts. Liebke makes it over McKeon. You can stash McKeon on the practice squad like we did last year. Qatar says we are loaded with players that can play and start for other teams. Guru says Hunter is not a blocker. That presents problems and could give Hunter touches to deuce Rico or Stephens in the past game. I will say, I will say I like Hunter, Hunter's potential as a blocker. I do like it. I think that we saw glimpses of it at North Dakota State. Maybe he won't be an old school type fullback that really does it at an elite level. But I do think that Lipke can do a serviceable job in that. So thinking that it's not as easy as it looks. Man, we're getting close to the end of the show and the Wi-Fi is betraying me again. Uh, let's see if, if, if we can survive it here for a few more minutes. Josh Ball, does he get cut or not? We might explore this question tomorrow night or, or Wednesday night. Not entirely sure if we will. I mean, in my opinion, he could. I'm, I'm limited in my trenches comments so far because I have not watched the old 22 tape. I, I'm planning on doing so tomorrow. However, man, like, am I convinced about Matt Farniak making it over Josh Ball? No, I'm not. I'm leaning Farniak making it. That's what I've leaned towards this entire offseason. Am I sure about it? Am I convinced about it? No, not at all. And Vol is now a guard. Like, that's where they are playing him. So I'm not, like, thinking that he is battling Sam Richards and Matt Willetsko. I don't think that, he, that those are the guys that he is battling. I think that he's battling Matt Farniak at this point. And I'm not even sure who is the swing tackle. Right now, uh, Chuma Edoga seemed like the swing guard and maybe a potential backup right tackle. I think that Asim Richards might be your backup left tackle. And I think that maybe you don't have exactly a swing. I think that you have Asim Richards on the left side and maybe Waletsko on the, on the right side. That's more or less what I'm thinking. But maybe Chuma can also be on the right side. It's not easy. It's not easy at all what the Cowboys are trying to figure out on offensive line. It's difficult to figure out because they've moved them around so much, especially somebody like Farniak. Farniak seems to be the best backup center, says Guru, but I'm batting Brock Hoffman for that role, says Guru. Hoffman could get it. I mean, 
Kaufman could get that spot, yeah. Chuma getting hurt was a blow to the offense. And one that maybe we're not talking about enough. And maybe he was not going to be perfect as a backup or anything like that. But, man, if he's not ready to go for the season, your, your offensive line depth really took a big blow there. It really did. They seem to like Hoffman a lot, says Mark Aaron. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of here. But before we do that, let's talk about some more Cowboys news, NFL news, if you will. Ezekiel Elliott signed by the New England Patriots. And guess who he plays in week four of the regular season? The Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas is going to face the Patriots. They're going to face Sick. Sick is going to be asked something for something that he's never done before, and that's be a backup running back. Because I don't think that the Patriots are going to bench Rachmandri Stevenson for Sick. I think that Stevenson is their guy, but they have no depth. Like, they have absolutely no depth over at New England. So Sick is a pretty decent signing by them, in my opinion. What is one word to describe how you feel about Sick playing for another NFL team? I, I'm just curious. Are you, are you nostalgic? Is there any sort of sadness in there? Or do you straight up not care? Or, or how do you feel? Let me know. What is your one word to describe how you feel about Sick signing elsewhere? By the way... He's going to have a fresh cut, so he's not going to have the long hair anymore. He cut it back to like his 2016 form, Ohio State form. And speaking of Ohio State, and I got to admit, I freaking love this. Elliot is going to wear number 15 for the Patriots, just like he did in his Buckeye days. And just like he did in that iconic college football playoff that he had in 2014. That was 2014, wasn't it? I think it was 2014 when, when, when he went off in the, in the college football playoff. Might have been 2015. Somebody, somebody tell me. Somebody come, uh, reassure me. I'm I'm th I'm going with 2014 because I remember 2013 was, you know, Florida State Auburn in the last BCS Bowl. So I'm going 2014 because the way that I remember it is, one year after that, we had the first college football playoff, and that was the Ohio State national championship. So I'm going with 2014. Somebody, let me know if I won at my own trivia game. <laughs> What is your one word to describe Ezekiel Elliott, though? Signing with another NFL team. One word. Weird for Bruce Got the Toxic Use. Tommy915 goes with happy. Good for Mark. Caveman says inevitable. Danny Savage says soiled. Relief for Joey Bella. Katharina goes with sad. Indifferent for Philip. Glad for Gregory. I'm going to go with relieved like Joey Vela, but hear me out. I'm not saying relieved because of him not getting back with the Cowboys, which I thought for a long time 
was not as big of a possibility as Jerry Jones would like us to think or would have liked us to think. But relief in the sense that I was getting a little bit worried for our guy. Listen, I'll say what you want about Ezekiel Elliott, but he gave us some good moments. There's some love there, I think. And it would have sucked to see him on rostered in week one of the season. I don't know if my heart would have been able to take that. So I, I wanted him to, to land somewhere. Glad that he did. Hopefully he does well for the, for the pa Patriots. Caveman. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the confirmation. That was the 2014 season. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Let's see here. Relieved that he's still playing, says Joey Vela. Sick the long snapper. Man, I will always hate, though, that that was his last snap as a Cowboy team playing center. The game will be in Arlington regarding week four. Cowboys versus Patriots. That is gonna be cool to see him be be welcomed back by the Cowboys fan base. Hopefully that they hopefully they do something special. Not sure that they will, because they only do that like for for I don't know like Tony Romo, Demarcus Ware. I guess I don't know if if Demarcus Ware even played at a, yeah he 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 must have he must have no did he all right sorry about those random questions that I make myself in, in, in my head, but <laughs> that's how my brain operates all day long. All day long, I'm going down rabbit, uh, random rabbit holes on sports. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I apologize for the late start and I apologize for the Wi-Fi issues. Can't control them sometimes. It is what it is, but I'm glad that we got through the majority of the show on Skid. So thank you so much. Hit the like button for me. I will leave you with one Zach Martin comment that Todd Arker from ESPN just tweeted out. I wanted to be a cowboy. I didn't want to play anywhere else. I'm grateful to the Jones family, grateful to my team and the people that helped me stay ready and get back here. Zach Martin is back with the Cowboys, y'all. Hit the like button and I'll see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye bye.